Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another show of the Virtual Success Show, where I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Malouf. How are you, Matt? I'm well, Barbara, and yourself? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Really enjoying this um, series that we're doing on your book, The Stop Doing List. It's been, uh, I've actually learned, I mean, I learn a lot every time I do this show, but it's about refining things. And although I'm, I've gotten quite good at all these steps of delegation and systems and processes and teams over the few the last few years I've been doing this, I still, there's always little bits that I learn more of um, when we do these shows, and particularly from this series about the stop doing list. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I it, I started writing the book two years ago, and it's um, it, it obviously we published it uh, three months ago now. And as you go back and you you remember and you go, oh yeah, we put that part in there, and and as I was preparing for the show, um, you know, this things you, you forget that you put into the book. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's really great for me to go back and, and reiterate what I, what I actually put in here as well. Well, I think the point actually, it's a good point we should sort of make here. And I've often said to clients, you know, processes are not a one-time thing. Like none of this stuff is you just set and forget. It's a constant evolving process of mindset, stop doing, stop doing, stop doing. Okay, today we're going to tackle part three of the book, which I think is probably one of the most important areas to get right. And one of the areas we see a lot of clients getting tripped up in, which is actually how to stop doing. So when you create your task list, you've got all your processes and systems in place and you delegate and you got the VA on board and you've done everything you were told to do. And then this is the area where people often fall down. So first of all, Matt, can you tell me, like, why is that? What happens in the actual process of how to stop doing? Yeah, and 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 this was this was one of the most interesting parts to write in this book because I think many many of us, myself included, have delegated and and passed tasks on before, and it seems like that boomerang effect where they keep coming back to us. And I was I was just intrigued. I kept asking, what well, what is it? Why do these tasks keep coming back? And then um, in my research, I stumbled across what's called the KRC model or the knowledge responsibility control. And, and it's, a, it's a model um, that is part of the Hubbard management system. And I, and I started reading and, and I'm like, I get it now. I understand. And, and what the theory says is, is that without knowledge, we actually are unable to effectively be responsible or control any aspect of anything. This is not just related into business. And so what I came to realize was we were passing these tasks on to others, yet as business owners and entrepreneurs, we were the greatest knowledge holders. And and our teams didn't have the knowledge, yet we were asking them to take responsibility and control aspects of our business. And so I was like, this is it. This is it. It's but it was more than just this knowledge responsibility control piece because whilst that theory makes sense, I was like, okay, how do you now take that and put it into a methodology that can actually now ensure that you can stop doing these 
these tasks. You know, it's funny. I was thinking as you're saying that often a complaint we get from clients, not a complaint, more a feedback, is they go, well, I wanted the VA to show more initiative or, you know, take more responsibility. And I think, well, can you define, like, what exactly, are they aware of what you mean by this? Or are they, you know, have you, how have you communicated this? And what what knowledge are you expecting them to have? And all these sorts of issues. And I think it falls into this whole st- how to stop doing thing, where um, it's actually really hard to, to stop doing unless you get this part right, which is this knowledge, responsibility, control thing that you talk about in your book. Absolutely. And, and on page 93 of the book, there's a there's a diagram uh, which which I termed linking the KRC because it's it's one thing to have yep I've got to impart knowledge so that they can take responsibility and control but again how do I do that and so the links were understanding that in, in order to start imparting knowledge and enable somebody else to take responsibility there needed to be training systems and technology and a blend of these and with systems being at the center of this. You see, in order to delegate effectively, you need a combination of systems and training. And in order to automate, you need a combination of systems and technology. And so to in order to start enabling others to take responsibility and control aspects of your business, we needed to get clear systems, training, and, and the use of technology implemented into the business. And one thing I really want to, um, as a big take home, a lot of Business owners are very good at creating systems, but they don't actually create a system for training people in those systems. There's yes. no training plan. There's no methodology. There's there's just here's a checklist or here's a video. Go and watch it, and that's it. And you maybe have a conversation about it. And so, if you look at big corporates, they invest millions of dollars into training their people to learn and grow constantly. And unless you're committed to that, um, these tasks will keep boomeranging back to you. I'm the training thing, honestly, I mean, people just don't want to do it. That's what we find when clients come in. The clients that get the most success are those that invest. And again, all of this is investing time, energy, money, whatever it is that you want to do in training. And, you know, although at Virtual Angel Hub, we actually have we have our own, like we, I've invested heavily in training of VAs. As you know, they've got to come through a massive training program on digital marketing and all this sort of stuff with us. And even with that, though, they go to a client, but there's specific things for that client's business that we can't train on. But those are usually the tasks that'll, that'll, that'll trip the, the two people up because there was no training or effective training given. There was just a task list given and that's it. You know, here, now your responsibility. And, 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 and just to add to that, I, I think part of it is avoidance. I think part of it is not knowing how to effectively train either. Yeah. Yeah. Effective training is a skill in itself and is, yeah, it, it enables it. Sorry. It requires you to be an exceptional communicator and understand the steps to help people learn. Um, and it's interesting too. The one thing I love about uh, Virtual Angel Hub and, and the team members we get from there is number one, they're trained. And number two, we are trained as entrepreneurs how to work with a virtual assistant too. And so it's a it's an invaluable service. And but the, this training piece is so critical. 
And I mean, even thinking actually as we're talking, I mean, there's so much more we can do in that area at Virtual Angel Hub. And we are planning to offer more based on, you know, the programs you're bringing out in this whole Stop Doing concept, um, because I see it as such a pivotal thing in getting success for clients. So th- this is this is really crucial. So uh, training, obviously, I know is is one thing, but as as you, I'm looking at the diagram here on page 93 of the book, and what I love is that you've got reporting and accountability here as well, which is another area that people forget about or the trips Absolutely. them up. <laughs> and and this is this is in that sort of linkage between responsibility and control. If there's not effective reporting and accountability, then how will you know if somebody is a doing things when they should be doing them and b doing them to the level that you expect them to do it? And so. This is like a feedback loop to enable the original knowledge holder to understand that what needs to get done is getting done at, in the right way at the right time. And so these are simple um, either daily, weekly or monthly reports depending on the, the role and the task. But again, it's, it's, it's a simple well. – yeah. In this as well, because some people will, I know the mindset of some people listening to this, they'll say, oh, but I just don't want to micromanage someone. So I'm going to use an example of everybody needs a level of accountability. So even when we work with business coaches ourselves as business owners, or we set strategies for ourselves, how many times do we kind of fall off the perch or go off the boil? And we'd love to have somebody to keep us accountable. So a lot of this is not that somebody needs to be micromanaged. It's more just like a, collaborate, a collaboration thing. It's teamwork. It's building a culture within your company of people being involved together to get to an outcome. And that's where this reporting and accountability thing, I think you can change your mindset on that from micromanaging. Absolutely. And, and, and even to go just one step further, most employees don't understand what's expected of them. Yes. If, there's a, if they've got a report that they have to submit and, and they're held accountable, they've got clarity on what's expected and when it's expected of them. It's a win-win. And and I agree. And, and believe it or not, um, if you look at surveys done on, on employ, yeah, for, for employees, they crave accountability. They actually want it because they then can have a sense of achievement. They, they understand what needs to get done and when it needs to get done by. So it can be done in a negative way, and that's not what we're recommending here. Mm-hmm. It's got to be done in a supportive and collaborative way. But we all want to, in, in some way, shape, or form, be held to a higher level of account. And I, I would also add to that, actually, a tip is not just saying how to do something and the reporting lines and all that. It's why we're doing it. So I've noticed that even if it's a simple task, if I explain to the VAs, well, the reason I want you to post tips and quotes and things on Facebook, for example, and consistently do it every week, is because it actually increases our brand in the, in the, in the marketplace. People can see a little bit of what we're about, and therefore it leads to X, Y, and Z, which means we make more money, which means that your job and career growth can be this. You know what I mean? So it's like tying it back into the greater vision and the strategy, and they get way more excited about it then. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and again, simple, that can be part of the training of this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would add that to the training, definitely, the why of what, what, why their role is important in the, in the greater, you know, it's not just a cog in a wheel, it's the greater scheme of things. Absolutely. And so the last linking, linking piece is, is linking control back to the original knowledge holder. And this is management. And this is where you need to develop a strong 
and simple meeting rhythm with your people and it will vary from role to role and where they're actually you're talking to these reports you're talking to these kpis and you're working together to actually move everything forward and this is a really key piece because i mean we spoke about the, the concept of abdication you know here's a task off you go go and do it and that that will always fail yeah and your role as you as you stop doing these things is to then manage. And again, as Barb was mentioning earlier, it's not to micromanage. I don't need you to be – you don't want to be involved in, in, in that level. If you're going to be, you may as well do it yourself, and that's, that defeats the whole concept. The point is it's knowing what's getting done, when it's getting done, and being able to guide and direct – the person that's doing it to to do it the way you do. And part of the management is teaching people how you think when you do the task and asking them questions to help them get a deeper understanding so that they can, uh, again, great, gain, gain greater knowledge so that they can do it to a level far greater than you ever will. You know what, I, I want to share a little story here, and it's a sort of a tip in doing this. A lot of people view the word management, it kind of has a bit of a negative connotation. It's a bit like a babysitting thing. People mm. don't want to do, the management always sounds a bit, you know. So uh, what I've started doing with my team, and I, I just cannot express the magic that has come from this, and I just didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I, I got a few, of, I started doing daily huddles. Now, this is this whole scrum technique and, and huddles. Huddles is like a 10 to 15 minute daily meeting that is fast and everyone has to say what they're stuck on. And what I started doing was I started getting one of my team to lead the meeting instead of me. So it gives them a sense of, um, I see myself as part of the team as opposed to the manager of the team. So we all collaborate together and my role in the team is to help where people are stuck. And that's what they say. So all of a sudden, everyone feels really good about this whole management thing that's going on. I'm not managing them, but, we, but I kind of am. You know, I'm, I'm there to sort of lead rather than just manage. And I think that's a key thing that if you can flip the lid on that with your team, I have seen a massive increase in idea generation and just not just productivity, but the ideas coming out has been magic from that move. And, and I didn't do it for that purpose. I did it more for productivity um, or for me to be more involved. But the result has been exceptional. Cannot, cannot express how good the result has been. Yeah. And, and, and again, there's countless stories like this. And yet it's such a simple mindset shift that Bob's just described here. Yet it's so powerful and has an exponential return to your business. And, you know, your, your people as well are far more honest and excited in that environment because you're a member of the team as opposed to the boss, which is Absolutely. kind of that flat structure thing. Maybe that doesn't work for every business, but I, I, I'm more a fan of that myself. And that's when you see people shine. They just really come out of their shells. They feel excited. And, and just to add to this, so management is where at times you're going to have to have tough conversations. Yeah. You're going to have to hold people to a higher level of account. You're going to have to show them where they've done the quote-unquote wrong thing. And, but it's about helping them um, and helping them back to get back on track. But also with a good management rhythm to, and meeting rhythm, things don't get too far down the track or off track um, before you pick it up. 
And so by meeting regularly and talking to an agenda, not just having a chat, uh, you'll find that you'll get you'll get a um, what is it like greater cadence in your business and faster growth. And you know, I actually think you'll have less of the tough conversations. You know why? When I found with my team, when we're having these daily huddles, it's very easy to see who the winners are. And every, the level of everybody lifts because they're all kind of going, oh, okay, I could do it that way. And then the people who can't, who are either not interested or falling off a perch, there's nowhere really for them to hide. So you'll find they'll either resign or they'll step up. So actually, Absolutely. you sort of avoid, though, I, I have found less, less difficult conversations because it's very transparent who's not lifting to the level that everybody else is. Yeah. You know? So that's, uh, yeah, so that, that's a great, um, and it is tough to do this, guys, but it's so worth, it's so worth it. I mean, when you, when you follow these steps, it, it really is worth it. And I, I learned this kind of the hard way by myself, but this book just lays it all out for you and exactly what you need to do. Um, so I think it's pivotal for any business. Oh, thank you. And, and, you know, it's, it's keeping in mind that it's not going to be any one thing. Mm-hmm. It's the combination of, of all of it. It's the, you know, uh, that KRC model. It's understanding that it's a combination of training systems and technology with reporting and accountability and management that is going to enable you to stop doing. And unless you focus in and put – it's a formula and it works time and time again. And unless you um, follow the formula, it'll be hard. The things will stay on your list. They'll keep boomeranging back to you. And what you'll find is you'll have to be working harder and harder. You'll put a ceiling on your growth and you won't enjoy your business. And you'll be hiring and firing all the time because you'll you'll blame your people. So I just want to make a point here that this KRC thing is completely the responsibility of the business owner and not the team. Uh, In time, when your business gets bigger and you're doing 10 million, you can hire a CEO to do this or a general manager or something. But this is really the job of the business owner. And like I would challenge any business owner to say, if your team are failing and things are full chaos in your business, it's because you are not stepping up into this particular role. And the person that really you need to look at is yourself, which is a very tough thing to say. But, you know, I've had to do it, Matt, you've had to do it. And really, the buck stops with you as the business owner to get this right. Yes, Absolutely. Well, Matt, listen, this series has been great. So this has been a three-part series on the Stop Doing List book that Matt just recently published. And you can go to stopdoing.com.au. There's lots of free resources over there. There's links at the bottom of these shows to some of the resources that you can use to do this. And I would urge anyone, get out and buy the book and, you know, take it on holiday with you. Because honestly, I read it on holiday and uh, I came back firing. (laughs) I felt great. Uh, And I made some changes in my business. So, um... Also, guys, if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating and a review. We'd love to get this show up the ranks in iTunes. Uh, And you can also join the conversation in our Facebook group, Virtual Success on Facebook. And let us know in there if you're struggling with something or a topic you'd like us to cover in terms of teams, virtual teams, and virtual success. So until next time, thanks, Matt. Thank you, Bob, and thank you to uh, all the listeners. And, and, and Bob, thank you for interviewing on the book. It's been, been my pleasure. It's been great. Okay, see you guys. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.